0: Hello, listeners. It's Jim the Keys, bartender. How are you today? It's a beautiful day here in the Keys. As per, I guess, usual. I don't want to say as always. because. But then again, being alive is always beautiful, isn't it? So, and being able to experience it. I wanted to address something just... It's probably just me. It's not you. And it's not them. But me. And that's people arriving to work at the end of the day. I have a hard time sometimes really, well, I guess when I'm tired and had enough exp- of the place I'm at at the time. It's hard for me to mask my feelings. And when someone comes rolling in late, you know, 10 minutes before we close the kitchen and then we start closing the you know rest of the place, I, I try to just like, hey, how are you? Um, are you here to eat? And if they say yes, I'll say, hey, listen, here's a menu. We're going to be closing the kitchen shortly, so... It would be great. It's, oh, I don't want, you know, sometimes they come and say, oh, I don't like being pressured. I say, I'm not pressuring you. I'm just telling you this is the time. So, well, that's the pressure. And I said, oh, well, I'm sorry about that. But, you know, well, well, we can, we can, we have a little bit of leeway right there. How, how much time do you need to make a decision? But then there's people that just come in. They, oh, I don't realize you close And they, we've been doing it for about two years. We've been doing this for about two years, two and a half years. And we have regulars that regularly roll in, regulars that regularly roll in about 10, 15 minutes before we close. And uh, one in particular is very regular coming in. He's a sweetheart, nice guy. Comes in. He, all he just wants to do is hang out, eat some food, uh, chat very, you know, chats very little, but he, he knows everyone. And he likes to, I guess he surf the internet or social media on his phone. And he, he, likes, he likes when it's not super crowded. I think that's the reason why he come, came, comes in that late during the week and on the weekend not not a big problem because we have large groups of people i know and when we have large groups of people here i kind of like ah well it's no big deal we got a bunch of people in the restaurant we're we close when we close now the kitchen we have to be particularly sensitive to because you don't want to work the back of the house much later because they have a long Process of closing, a lot of cleaning, a lot of putting away, and then you have to ask them to come in the next day because we're sh- short of help. Uh, but hopefully they'll alleviate that. But w- regularly, when people come in and they start seeing you closing up, doing your closing procedures, let's say right around the time the k- kitchen closes, I start putting bottles up, start wiping them down, and they want to talk. And I say, okay, well, I'll talk to you while I'm doing it. But it's hard for me to mask after a long day, mask the Disappointment if you think you're going to get out. And people have this. I understand that some people say, Hey, listen, I'm paying good money here. And I'll take care of you and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, well, I mean, it's not necessarily about that. It's, it's you're thinking, Well, I like to get home. I like to get home to my family. I like to get home to my house. I got things to do. I know, and that's not necessarily the thing to be doing, becoming. Coming in service, if you have a set time, you want to be somewhere, maybe you shouldn't be in that type of job. Maybe you need a different job that when it's five o'clock, it's five o'clock and you're done. So in the restaurant business, doesn't always work that way. If, if no one comes in late, which is a bad thing, because that means there's probably not a lot of people coming in earlier. But we're right around the holidays, you're ready to close up, and it's... Key Largo and there's for something about the keys, you don't have large groups of people coming out late. Now we get people to come down from Miami and you can see how they dress. They go out and they're dressed like they're in Miami. What does someone like from Miami dress like? You know what I mean? The fitted shirts, the long sleeve shirts, maybe a silk shirt. I don't know, what silk. Is, but you know what I mean. Uh, Slacks, women wearing nice dresses and stuff like that. There are places down here that do do that, but it's not the same. The attire isn't the same, and, and certainly the vibe isn't the same. It's not unusual to start going out late around 10 o'clock in Miami. The places are closed, in Key Largo at least, most of the places are closed by then. Primarily because we're a fishing culture. Everyone has to be up at 5 5 in the morning. So you're not going to see people out till 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night. There's some, obviously, not everyone is involved in fishing, but people tend to adhere to the schedule of people around them. So they drink a little earlier and they finish up a little earlier. I take that term loosely when I say a little earlier. So I just have to find that happy median where when people come in I can hide my thing and go oh come on listen i like to go home I, I don't say that but I don't want to give that impression and those people want to come in and say oh I'm just one a little camaraderie I just want to sit around and have a couple drinks some of them get a little fired up you know they're drinking they're pounding I don't encourage that because this is a bad way to get personally for you. But if you just say, you know, having a couple of drinks, hey, that's fine. They just want to unwind. I would suggest to come out a little earlier. Now, there are people out there who say, hey, you're serving the public, treat them the same each time. Yeah, but you're a person too, and it's hard to divorce those feelings that you have and go, you know, hide disappointment. Hide, you know, you're not, you're not trying to hide the the fact that you're not encouraging them to have another drink. You say, hey, listen, I'm going to close up the tab so we can do the, the drawer so we can get out of here at the end of the night. We got some cleaning to do. If we didn't have a lot of cleaning, to do, then, if, you know, hey, stay till 11. We'll get up. And then we, you know, because at the end of the night, after a double, if you got to do some more physical labor, you don't want to hurt, you know, save that hard work to the very end of the night. You're ready to wind down. That's. Both sides, and there is a happy medium to that. And if I can't resolve that myself, then, you know, certainly my employer can resolve that by saying, hey, listen, if you don't like it, we won't schedule you in at night. You won't make the money. And, uh, you know, with the employer saying, hey, listen, I think I do a really good job when it's when it's busy, but just at the end of night, I'm not a big fan of late nights, late late nights. So there is a balancing act to this industry, especially here. And you know what? I have I am very lucky to live in a place like that. A lot of guys are done at two o'clock in the morning. I like to be out the I like to be out the door by seven. I know what a horrible thing for a bartender to want or need to be out the door at 7 in the morning to go and do other things like yeah I mean actually sometimes it's like quarter of 7 if I go to one of my early morning meetings for AA so everyone has different drives and stuff like that but I guess in the long run I have to think what's better for everyone and that's being nice I guess just being nice and just saying you know if I'm tired and saying listen it's just the way it is today let's do it let's just get it you know, just, just do it. The person wants to come in and talk, they can come in and talk. So, it would be nice. It would be nice if it were a lot more people, right? So you can make more, you know, you say, hey, listen, it's a significant amount of money be made late. Though it isn't. It's diminishing returns. The later you are, the more diminishing returns, you're not making a... But you... There is a diminishing return when it comes to feelings. So you can just say, hey, listen, if I can just be positive towards the end of the night, that probably alleviate my ability to go home, unwind and go to sleep and do the thing I have to get early. So what if I have to stay an extra 45 minutes? So that's me talking to myself. And I'm going to try to use you a lot more. So talking about say, you, Jim, can handle this. So that's it for the bartending stuff. I've been talking a lot to people about what their jobs are, what they do, how long they do them for, um, how they come home and and unwind. Now down here in the Keys, like many places in the United States, a lot of people work remotely. Obviously, fishermen don't work remotely. I guess they are remote if you think about they're using they're remotely at least by a couple hundred feet sometimes because they're throwing out a fishing line and the fish is caught you know a couple hundred feet away and then you're reeling it in. So that that's somewhat remote but I'm talking about remote using a computer or laptop whatever and I, I almost said dial in. How the hell do you dial in to work? Oh you do dial into a Zoom meeting But uh, years ago, it would be unthinkable. When even with the advent of the Internet, with dial-up connections, before they came up with DSL lines, digital service lines, and then everything that followed afterwards, when access to the Internet sped up, and you had that ability to work. And some of the jobs are perfectly suited for that. Obviously, if you don't have... uh, There was a movie... Uh, made in, I think it was right around 2010. It's called Up in the Air and it was George Clooney, Vera Formiga, and Kendrick something, Anna Kendrick. And what George Clooney is, is he's a traveling, he works for a management company that their main management thing is to uh, lay off or fire people, mainly fire people. They would go in to a company that's downsizing or whatever and he would he was trained and an expert at letting people go and handling the stress of it because big companies and you see, imagine a manager you have a huge department and you're in charge of them, you gotta let 20 people go now some people don't have a problem like that I've been, I worked at a company uh, two companies that downsized And I moved on to other things. And I personally... had not... had to let anybody... in an employment situation go. But I imagine that would be quite traumatic. I did... I mean, I did have relationships where... they like go. But I was so bad at saying... we should not see each other anymore. I would just act out... and behave... Badly enough that they would just leave. And I guess, I don't know if it's subliminal or not. But the basis of this movie is George Clooney's traveling all around the country, going to these companies, goes in, he gives people, a person, a packet. And he says, "You're," and he has all these things to say. Not, you know, every person that succeeded at something has failed at other things or something like that. And he says all these trite expressions that are supposed to make it easier and then he hands in a package this package will help you explain the process of the downsizing and how much you know severance you're getting and how long your health care is going to last blah 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 blah, and the training that's available, available to you and he asked him did you ever want to do something other than what you're doing now you know a lot of people especially and he was dealing with a lot of older employees Older employees were always the first ones to let go, back in the old days. Nowadays, you don't see that as much because, you know what, there's not enough enough fucking employees. So, in the basis of the movie, he's going to these places to do it, and then all of a sudden, Anna Kendrick comes in and says, she teaches him how to do it remotely. Remotely. In front of a computer screen, where there's nobody in there, and they just do it. And so the person, it would reduce the travel time. Right, reduce, it, remove the travel time and the cost and the stress on the people so they'd be working wherever they are they'd be working that timeline because they're doing it from all, all across the country so I guess they could do it sometimes it would start at 6 in the morning and sometimes it would be at the end of the day so I guess the only thing they have to deal with is like 6 to 8 and you'd have different shifts depending on when they'd want to do it Generally, they probably would do it, I don't know, in the middle of the day. Because when you're downsizing, that's it. You want to do it at the end of the day. So he was reluctant. He said, You can't do this. And they started transitioning to do these things. And as it turned out, it didn't really work out in this. Thing. But that was just people getting a feel with remote, uh, working remotely. There was also a. A, I think it was Cinemax show or Showtime show with the girl from Friends I forget her name her name but her character's name was Phoebe on the show and she did this online psychoanalysis and this is back in 2010 2009 when his show was on and it was a new thing and people were just thinking holy crap You can't do this stuff. You can't can't psychoanalyze. Well, you know what they're doing now? They're doing all that. They're doing uh, remote medical appointments and things like that. Obviously, they're going to be able to, there's diagnostic tools and things like that where people say, yeah, you still got to come in for a blood test. Eventually, that might change too because they may do something, depending on how much blood they need and things like that. They all, I know they already do it for uh, uh, prostate, uh, not prostate. They, they do remote tests where people send in their samples. They do DNA testing. They do all sorts of things. And it's moving online. As many jobs are moving online. But there's still jobs that are labor intensive. You've got to be there. you got to be there as a carpenter. You have to be there as a plumber. You have to be there as a server, a bartender, a chef. There's no dialing. in There's no dialing in. There's no getting online. You're not going to make a chicken parmesan remotely unless you're in catering and you're cooking at home or something like that. But generally, you're doing it at your place of work. So while the whole world is thinking, how can we make this easier, uh, where there were travel-intensive jobs first, we can move online. And meetings, where you don't have to have people fly in and costing the company tens of thousands of dollars, if it's a decent size, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, depending on the size of it. When you have big shareholder meetings now, a lot of them are just online, and the shareholders can come, and they don't have to book a huge room for these big companies to bring people in to have a shareholder meeting. They could do it online. But there's for the foreseeable future, there's still gonna be that in person. You know, reach out and touch them one the moment. And and people have had a hard time coming back from the the jobs or companies Have thought, you know, there's a there's a big school of thought, and it fluctuates. Is for some companies to say, hey, listen, we don't need a big office park. We don't have to do this. Most of our people contacting other people using technology online. So why don't we just do that? And the ways you could be logged in, you could see the work. You're seeing the work sometimes. You're seeing the work. I worked in places of technology companies. Where we were in the office environment, but you were still fucking off. You weren't doing, you know, you could, you you just, uh, you could surf the internet. You could do anything. You talk to your your buddies here. You can do almost anything. And how much work do you actually get done during the course of the day? I would be wager to guess sometimes it was like two or three hours. And the rest of it, you're trying to fill the day with something that looks like it's busy. In a 40-hour work week, if you can get 40 hours of work out of someone, that is amazing nowadays. It's amazing. Um, there are uh, moves in some other countries where they're going to four-day work weeks and things like that. You know, just 32 hours or 30 hours. And there's some common sense to that if you think. If If someone spends 30 to 50 percent of their time not doing their job, doing other things, that's 30 percent of 40 hours is 12. That's a shift and a half. I mean, that's a a day and a half. Well, if you can get someone to work 80 percent or 90 percent of the time in four days, the same hours, that'd be great. Just think of it. I, I, would, I would think a lot of jobs can be done in 25 hours. If you think about it, if you just work them straight through, there's programming and all those things that people do. And we're we're on the cusp of that, where people are starting to think, well, how much work do we need to get done? But it's funny, we're right on the cusp when artificial intelligence is coming on. And a lot of these jobs may go to these programs or these entities programming copywriting there's a lot of things that are online that you read that were generated by a program and i wouldn't hesitate to even call it artificial intelligence it's a a machine learning program that knows the phrases and how to put it together and you have a goal and you want to put in i mean there's I don't I actually I don't necessarily know how they do it. I know they can do it. And we've used if you use chatbots. Obviously, if you're doing online chats, most of the times you're talking to a computer. And uh, for one of uh, for the service I use, Anchor, they you initially contact when you're going to a helpline, a chatbot, just like 18T I think I think you get a chatbot, and they'll send you sometimes, if they're really advanced, they'll send you to another chatbot, and they'll try to resolve it there. And then when they can't resolve it, they'll um, I want to say shut but they'll transfer you over to a human. And that's machines and humans working together. And sometimes when you're talking to some humans, you go, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you send me back to the chatbot? I I don't think you understand what I'm saying. The chatbot was handling it pretty good, even though we weren't able to resolve it. But all these things are just change that are occurring. The online working, the way people travel, the way we interact with each other socially, how we date, how we meet, how we find our mate, how we look for doctors, cars, real estate, vacations, Healthcare, I did say doctors, so I'm not going to say that. Shop for food. People are sending almost prepared. I mean, the big deal with the Internet was when all these additional task savers where you had like shared ride, Uber, and then you had food delivery of companies that normally don't have food, Uber Eats or, or whatever company they have. All these things come along, and then someone says, "Well, why don't we just?" People don't necessarily want to order pre-cooked, but they want to be able to prepare. But they want to do it easy. And they, and and now people say, "Well, we don't want the person to have to go shopping for the ingredients. So we'll just send the ingredients and an explanation how to add, um, prepare it for a meal. We're going to tell you what you're going to eat that day, or you get to pick out. I'm going to think it's going to be till happy." It's going to be chicken. It's going to be pork. It's going to be a pasta. It's going to be this, that, steak. And they send it to you. I mean, it kind of makes sense. You live by yourself and things like that. You want to eat at home. You don't want to go out. You don't want to wait for something. It's going to take me 30 minutes. I don't have to go down the doorstep. I don't have to tip someone. They sent the meal to me. We're, we're coping with those things, those changes. But there's still people at the supermarket. They are there are still people. But there's delivery. It's a, the funny thing is we're so heavy into things being brought to our house nowadays. Everyone used to think and this was predominantly 20 years ago, 30 years ago when you had FedEx or UPS, <laughs> you think well one's going to be predominant and you got the post office, postal service. Well, With more and more than Amazon now getting into the delivery service, they got their own delivery vans and all that stuff. It's the idea was thought that was one delivery company would arise and take care of these things. Well, that's not. There's plenty of work for all these delivery companies. Plenty of work. And I don't think the idea of it getting, I don't think it's going to be getting any less. We have our water delivery delivered, a real weird thing. Um, not necessarily a delivery company, but it's a service company. I heard uh, commercials for it. People, a uh, fuel delivery. I'm not talking about propane. I'm not talking about, I mean, fueling your car. Gas. People want the convenience of getting a car fueled away because I heard this on the radio. Uh, local Miami stations when when uh, I was going up to Miami Cancer Center with the wife for radiation treatment a couple of weeks ago, oh uh, well, for three weeks we'd hear these commercials about how is this a thing, especially with the price of gas, and obviously they're going to have to charge a premium for it because they're going to be coming to wherever you are, whether you're at work or at home or anything like that. And I can't imagine, you know, if someone's in a parking garage. How a fuel truck is allowed to arrive. I mean, what, what, you, you have a gasoline truck and you got enclosed spaces in cities and stuff like that. It would sound like that would be the highest concentration of customers were in these big office buildings. But I can't imagine a parking garage allowing thousands of, uh, a, a tanker truck with thousands of gallons of flammable liquid to drive into their parking garage. And we just say, oh my God, this is a recipe for disaster. But yeah, someone actually some venture capitalist, I imagine, greenlighted this idea that, oh, people need the convenience of doing that. Well, I mean, how how are you gonna do it? Sometimes the um the gas access door on your uh, fuel access door on your car has to be open. They have to have a key. They have to do this. They have to do that. I mean, do you have to give them an extra set of keys or, or an access code to the fuel delivery? And it's just cubing. You say, I don't know how coping. I don't know how they're going to do this, but they're going to do it. Someone saw it and they're going to do it. Years ago, I had the idea that people do apologies or breakups or hard things online for them as a surrogate. As a surrogate, I was thinking I'm put it in the newspaper. The idea may have been ahead of the time. Eventually, there, there are going to be someone on the internet and saying, Hey, listen, if you need to break up with your girlfriend, quit your job, tell your parents that you're gay, tell your parents that you're not gay. I mean, I don't know how that would be a problem, why you'd have to send a surrogate. Call me up and we'll send one of our trained representatives. And they'll be your surrogate, and they'll be able to go through a step-by-step process informing that person. And in the end, they'll say, listen, if you'd like to talk to the person reasonably, wait you know—wait 24 hours, and then you can have the discussion. I mean, I'd, there'd be a lot of liability issues to resolve with that, wouldn't, wouldn't there? Because you'd send someone off sometimes. You'd break it off with someone and just go completely nuts. Well, I'm going to wrap it up today. I think we're going to be, uh, I'm pretty sure, and I'm lining up the interviews right now. I've figured out the process for my other podcast, Conk Chatter, but I'm still going to be doing the Keys Bartender. As you can see, the Keys Bartender has become a solo podcast. And I'm going to move group things to Con Chatter, even though it's and it's going to apply directly to the Keys, the news topics, and uh, news topics and stories from the Keys, from the Keys residents or people that have been to the Keys or like to be in the Keys. I've visited Keys, so I guess that's a, but I'm calling it Con Chatter, Chatter, because it was it was a great name and. Michelle, a friend of mine that was uh, uh, told me about it, said she she was talking about it for seven years but didn't do anything about it. She said I could do it. So that's what I'm doing. Um, my idea is just to uh, make it conk so it pertains to the Florida Keys. I didn't want to do Florida Keys chatter. You know, it sounds like the Cadler, like the small newspaper in a town. Well, in a town, in a small town. Well, I'd like to thank you for listening. I will uh, thank you. There are literally tens and tens of people listening. Oh, hundreds and hundreds. Uh, Finally, uh, I was listening to another podcast earlier, and they mentioned something about how most people are ordinary, and some are extraordinary. And some of those extraordinary people do extraordinary things. And he says, you know, a podcast could be ordinary or less than ordinary and people find it hard sometimes to say you know for those to become extraordinary and said maybe it has to do with the person not being extraordinary and not having the skills to do that i'm not going to dispute that because that's a feeling and a thought and the philosophy you can't you can't dispute a philosophy but my philosophy is think that you're extraordinary you should think you're that you're extraordinary. You are extraordinary in the universe as a consciousness, existing as a consciousness in the universe, being able to interact with it and experience the universe. I know it sounds a little new agey and stuff like that, but what I'm saying, it's a, it's a miracle or a long shot that you'd be able to do this at all in this vast, vast space. If you believe that stuff, you should be believing that stuff if you're listening to this podcast. And it's vast based that consciousness exists here and you're present for it and you're experiencing it. So just your existence is extraordinary right there. And number two, being able to express your existence and what you do. Is an extraordinary act. Whatever you do, attempt to do it well. I at the beginning of the show, I talked about how maybe I fizzle out at the end of the night. Hopefully, I don't fizzle out where it counts. You know, you know what I'm talking about. No, no, you don't. Well, I'm not going to go any further then. Uh, but whenever you're feeling ordinary just it's best that just and and this is what i've experienced i try to experience what i'm feeling right now so it would be the temperature of room colors things you're looking at just breathing your breath the sound i hear sound a couple clocks going i hear my refrigerator going i see birds outside i'm feeling a moderate temperature, because I'm in an air-conditioned environment, but and that brings me into the present. And that presence is extraordinary. And I'm lucky, because it could very well not be there. You wouldn't know, right? But just the knowing. Just be extraordinary. Don't worry about being... Obviously, I've done this. This is the 636th numbered episode of keys bartender and I'm hoping that we make it to 666 or 700, 800 900,000 I'm going to keep on doing it I think that's extraordinary that I'm doing it and if I can do it, you can do it you can do it there is extraordinary things in you and just Remember that. Don't don't let the world weigh you down. Because what you're doing right now is amazing stuff. And thank you very much and I'll be back. Bye.